The Marching Roundtable is proud to be an official media partner of Drum Corps International. I've been talking and thinking a lot about the joy that music brings and the joy that music performance brings. And we all know those moments where everything locks together and it's just magic, okay? And if you have a band that should be playing a grade two or three and you're playing, you know, George Washington Bridge, those moments are not going to happen. They're just not going to happen. And what brings the students back is that joy. That's John Fulton, a master educator who shares three things he wishes he had known when he started teaching. Like choosing music at the appropriate level for your students, there are many concepts here that could benefit you and your program today. It's about people, and it's, it's about more than notes. It's about more than marching band charts. It's about people. And if you foster those relationships and they trust you, you know, a, a good band director, a good choir director, orchestra director, those students will follow you anywhere if they trust you and they know that you have their best interests at heart. Members can see the video version of this podcast at marchingartseducation.com. There's a link to that video where this podcast is located at the Marching Roundtable. You can find many other similar conversations about three things I wish I had known at the Marching Roundtable and Marching Arts Education. Just put the words three things into the search bar. Thanks to Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com slash roundtable for making this podcast conversation possible. John Fulton, three things I wish I had known on the Marching Roundtable. podcast is sponsored by FJM, Fred J. Miller Incorporated. FJM is the leader in marching arts uniform manufacturing and continues to lead the charge through groundbreaking design, superior service, and over 60 years of industry innovation. The Cesario collection of marching band uniforms is 100% machine washable, includes a limited lifetime warranty, and makes the fitting process a breeze with their adjust-a-cuff and adjust a hem technology. Now is the perfect time to create a new image for your program. Chat with a live FJM representative or schedule your complimentary consultation today at fjminc.com roundtable. That's fjminc.com roundtable. Fred J. Miller Incorporated, family owned and operated since 1960. Hey everybody, it's Tim Hinton, the beast of the marching arts. Thanks for listening to the Marching Roundtable podcast. So excited to be talking to John Fulton today. Hey John, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad we're here. We're going to talk about three things you wish you'd known when you first started teaching. This has been such interesting conversations. And anytime I run across somebody who obviously has had a great career, knows so much, made a big impact, um, I'm like, oh, I'd like to talk to him about this. You know, I always, whoever it is. So I'm really happy. We connected, of course, over the podcast series that we did about Robert W. Smith. Everybody, if you, if you didn't hear that conversation with Sean was on, I hope you'll go find those podcasts and listen. So John, thanks for being a part of those. Uh, well, thank you. It was my, it was my honor and it was, uh, it was my pleasure as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people know who you are for sure, but I'm going to ask you to sort of introduce yourself briefly. Tell us a little bit about your history in this whole world of music ed. Well, I, um, I graduated from the University of South Florida um, in 1980, oh goodness, 1980, and uh, became a band director, uh, finally settled at uh, Northeast High School in Pinellas County, 
which is where I met uh, Robert and I met Frank, Frank Williams as well, um, taught there for several years. Um, and then I went into the fundraising business for 20 years and uh, then came back to teaching at Eastlake High School, my last teaching job for 10 years, and then went back to fundraising. Uh, and now I'm doing fundraising and uh, a couple of days a week, I'm working with this incredible band program, Jackson High School in Jackson, Missouri. They, they, uh, they, they let me work with their low brass and I'm just having the time of my life. So wow, and that's, that's where I am now. So that's wonderful. Well, they're lucky to have you there, I'm sure. And that's wonderful that you're still involved and still, still sharing your expertise and a very interesting career. And of course you made huge impacts with those programs that you were when you were teaching for sure. Okay. So I asked you to think about three things you wish you had known when you first started teaching. I'm really interested what you had to say. What was the first one that came to mind? First one that came to mind is, is never underestimate the power you have for good or for ill in your position. And, um, you know, sometimes the attitude of the director is all about, um, you know, win at all costs, play perfect, you know, all these kind of things that we forget about the humanity that we're teaching. Uh, and I, you know, early on, I made some mistakes where I was, um, you know, just all I cared about was getting all the notes you know, from here to there and, and sometimes lost track of the students, lost track of who they were. Um, so just remember that probably there's no one else in your building that has the potential for a positive effect. Um, a couple of times I've seen, um, you know, I've seen it done exactly the wrong way. I, I happened to witness a, a, a band director walk into a band room and and he told the band, and they're, as they're sitting, say, "You guys are really bad. You guys are just not good." And I'm here to, I'm here to fix you. And so, um, you know, human beings being who they are, uh, I don't think he ever got the room back, and he only stayed there for a year or so. Um, and then I, I've seen uh, at marketing band competitions, I saw, I saw a band in particular, uh, they didn't win. They didn't win, and the band director thought they should win. And so afterwards, uh, in public and very loud, he told them how bad they were, and they didn't work hard enough. They didn't deserve to be in his band program. And you could see about 120 amazing people, and you could see their shoulders slump, and then they, they got smaller and smaller and smaller. And um, so, you know, never underestimate the, the power of a positive word, Um you know, your students may not be doing everything that you want them to do, but they're doing some things you want them to do and recognize those and move on. Yeah, that's great advice. It's amazing. I think a lot of us, you know, when we're just out of college, we sort of have a lot to prove. You know, we want to go out there and make, do all these great things. And, and, and uh, yeah, the understanding and reminding yourself that it's a bunch, it's really, you're just teaching a bunch of kids how to be better kids and how to be better citizens yeah. and how to be, you know, that's what it really comes down to. So when, what was there a certain moment when you sort of realized, oh, wow, I need to focus differently? There, yeah, there was, and I'm a little embarrassed to tell you, but they, we were, we were in wind ensemble season and I was just focusing on getting that superior because that's the only thing that mattered to me at that time. Uh, I, that's not really true, but it's somewhat true. And I had a student come into me who was an all-state and all-county flute player, amazing musician. And she said, Mr. Fulton, I'm, I'm going to an open house at a university, um, uh, you know, for the same day as our next evening rehearsal uh, because I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to college, things like that. 
And I just unloaded on her. I just unloaded on her. I said, you know, how could you do this? To, you know, and um, she left the room in tears. And I, I've never gotten over that to be honest. And, and I, I, I made it right with her. I, I, I think I made it right with her. Sure. Um, as luck would have it, she ended up being a parent at the last school I taught at. And she came in the band room and she was all smiles. And I, I apologized one more time to her. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? So, um, uh, but that, that devastated me. And I started examining, you know, you know, what's really important. So, that's great. No, I think it's, I think it's, you know, listen, I think, I think even when we act out and we're not being our best, the students and parents still realize you're trying to do the right thing by them. And so I think they're very willing to forgive and let you make a mistake and move on. And I'm sure that's what happened in this instance. And um, thank you for sharing that story. I mean, we all have those, right? Those times when we were like, okay, we had a little wake up call because we realized, wow, I really did that wrong. And if you can yeah. make it right and then move on, I think everybody's okay. You know, so that's, that's great. Okay. I love that first one. Reminding yourself of that impact. That's great. Okay. What's another one? The next one uh, is, is use the resources around you, invite other people into your room. Uh, now, the resources around me were pretty unique. It was Robert W. Smith, Frank uh, T. Williams, Jerry Kelsey, you know, people like that. And um, wow. so we were constantly in each other's band rooms. I think my band students weren't really clear who their band director was. Was it Robert? Was it Frank? Was it me? Uh, you, you know, because we were we were constantly in front of each other's bands, uh, listening and helping. Um, you know, once again, without regard of who's going to win, <laughs> uh, but you know, how can we make each other better? Um, my last teaching job, I was very lucky. Um, well, another another aspect of that is use the people in your performing arts department. Uh, make sure that you play nice with them and work together. I've seen people be territorial. I've seen people be, um, you know, uh, guarded against, well, you know, I, um, you know, that tuba player is also a fine tenor and I don't want the choir director to have my, my, you know, and um, at Eastlake, we, there was none of that. We had, um, uh, we had Rob Knabel for choir, uh, Brad Brady for drama. We had Steve Posen uh, for percussion. We had um, Robin Benoit was our middle school feeder and uh, Chip Wood. Uh, who's who's very well known in, in band circles. Chip Wood was the orchestra teacher, and we wow. were there for each other, constantly there for each other. And we worked out scheduling uh, conflicts, and uh, it just made everything better. It just made everything better. So I, I had a lot of students that were drama, choir, and band, and you know all, and and it was never an issue. It was never an issue because we were. Uh, collegial enough and we would work together to, you know, to iron out scheduling problems. But um, I'm a much better teacher because uh, I was able to watch master teachers teach. And um, so, and we were all excited at Eastlake, we were all excited about each other's programs and, and big supporters. And so if you have the opportunity to work together as a department, I think it just lifts everybody. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And, you know, it's, it's a fine arts department, right? And how that, yeah. the all, you know, that water's lift, the tide's lifting all the boats and of course, lifting the whole school. Um, and, and that's wonderful that you guys had that, 
that ability to work together. You know, John, I have to admit, one of my big failings was when I was first starting out, my first couple of years, my first few years of teaching, I was very nervous about bringing other people into my band room because I thought that my students would realize all the stuff I didn't know. Right. I mean, this was this was my big failing. And I, it's sort of another way of saying, like, I'm impressed if you if you were comfortable enough to bring in all these other smart people around you. I was very nervous about that. And finally, the day I dawned on me that my kids didn't care about all the stuff I didn't know. They just knew that I loved them and I was trying so hard. Once I learned that, I was so much better. Well, I, I certainly started off that way, and it took a while for me to – I felt exactly the same way you did. Well, you know, what if they hear something I didn't hear, and what am I going to be embarrassed? And and once I got past that, yeah. uh, because I realized, uh, you know, we all have things to share with each other. Um, and, and, you know, that um, – and when I, you know, when I had guest conductors come in, I would, I would write notes down and I, I would take things from them and say, uh, well, you know, I, one of my favorites, um, uh, uh, Dr. Owen Bradley, uh, I was watching him work his band one day and he said, you guys are giving me baseball notes and I want M&M notes. And I went, wow, I like that. And I, so yeah. I wrote that down. And, oh, you know, yeah. so he, he, he made a picture for them of what he, what he, what he truly wanted. And it was, it was just awesome. So. Wow. That's, a, that's, a, that's so clear in my head. I know exactly what that means. Yeah. You know, that's such a fantastic yeah. analogy. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, all right. What's the third one? The third one is, um, in, is a two-parter. When I when I was a young band director, I I wanted to force feed all the music that I loved to my students, whether they were ready for it or not. Mm. And so, um, you know, there was there was an unrecognizable first suite in E flat. There was an unrecognizable George Washington Bridge. You know, things like that. Because I, you know, I felt like if I if if I make them play great music or I put great music in front of them, they're gonna, you know. And that's uh, partially true, but it's a process. And there's great music at all different levels. There's wonderful music at all different levels. And if you use those different grade levels as a stepping stone to get the band where you think they ought to be, that's um, otherwise you're frustrating them and you're, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, you're taking some of the joy out of that. Uh I've been talking and thinking a lot about the joy that music brings and the joy that music performance brings. And we all know um, those moments where everything locks together and it's just magic. Okay. And if you have um, a band that should be playing a grade two or three and you're playing, um, you know, George Washington bridge, those moments are not going to happen. They're just not going to happen. And what brings the students back is that joy. Um, the, that feeling of, you know, everything clicking together and just being a wonderful experience. And I also discovered that the students may not know that that's what's going on. They have a big smile on their face. And I said, well, you know, why are you sm smiling? Well, that, that really sounded great and it felt good. And so you have to connect them with that aesthetic experience that they're having. So um, uh, the, the other part of that part B was, was is sight read every day. Mm, um, great. One, you know, one of my jobs I went to, they couldn't read, they could not read. And therefore we were not going to be able to, to play music very well. So every day we sight read something every day and, you know, you know, raise the level, raise the level. So we, we got to the point where, 
um, I could put a grade five on their stand and they could sight read it. And that didn't happen. That certainly didn't happen the first day, but sight reading is absolutely um, fundamental to grow in your program, in, in my opinion. So that's fantastic advice. I, I think that's great. And uh, yeah, they have to, they have to learn how to read fast and, and they know, you know, learn their instrument in that way. That's, that's great, great advice. I see. That's one of those things, John, that I think a lot of people think, Oh, I just don't have time. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they just think I don't have time for that. I got to learn all this music, whatever. But as you clearly know, I mean, you've just demonstrated them learning to do that allows them to learn the other music faster. You're teaching them all kinds of principles and things as they're sight reading. But I think it's one of those things that people are afraid of the time. But it, but it pays off. It just pays off in dividends. And I, I actually heard a, an all-county conductor one year, uh, and Frank and Robert and I were there, and the conductor said, well, you know what, we don't have time to tune. Let's just start playing. And it was like, what? You don't have time to tune? Okay. And wow. uh, you, yeah, uh, that was our that was our reaction. <laughs> we actually walked out of the rehearsal. So um, they got in trouble <laughs> Yeah, our music supervisor, uh, you know, call us on the carpet the next day. But um, <laughs> yeah, there are certain fundamentals that you have to take care of or you're never going to be able to build on that foundation. Well, yeah, but that's one of those basic things I think is true about life in general is like you learn that the more you can learn those basic, you can become a master at those basic things of life. You know, it's like I finally learned it's so much easier just to keep my house clean all the time. You know, then to wait till somebody's coming over and then go through, you know what I mean? Like, and part of it's because I, I I'm now have a bed and breakfast where people can show up at any time. And that's really helpful to, to that concept. But like, it's so much easier to sort of always put things away. Like, you know, how long did it take me to finally learn that? But that's kind of the same kind of principle. Yeah. No, absolutely. Agree. I, no, I agree with that. But, and um, yeah, so th those are my three. It's uh, great. Okay, okay, the fourth little one I, I learned from Jerry Kelsey um, early on at Suncoast, and that was listen for the overtones. And I had been a band director for three or four years, uh, and you know, I knew what overtones were. I knew what the you know the overtone series things like that. But we were we were playing a, a you know we were playing a G you know G bugles and we were playing an open G, and uh, Jerry said listen to that overtone. And I went, what are you talking about? And he and it was a perfect fifth above the horn linings and you know um so from that point on i started listening for the overtones and i and i asked my students to listen for the overtones and, and you know, okay in order to hear that uh you, okay you have to be playing in tune and you have to be playing with good sound and so when we're you know when uh, when the whole band is listening and trying to make that thing happen they get excited about it and uh so if you, I mean, if you hear the great drum cores, the, bra the great brass lines, and there's playing a, a unison note, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why that few amount of horns can make that huge sound is because they reinforce each other with those overtones. So yeah, that was great. that was my last. I love that little bonus, everybody. That's great. No, these are these were great great points. Thank you for taking the time to think about it and then share them share them with me and with everybody who's listening. I I thought they were all really really helpful and smart things. Um and I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sort of you know, it's 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 hard to sort of say, well, here's all the things I didn't know, but that's sort of what we're talking about, right? Like here's all the things I didn't know and and if maybe somebody else can move past that a little bit faster, it would be worth all the all the sharing. I, I, no, agreed. I, I, no, I think it'd be great. So, anything you want to say in closing, John? 
just um um well gosh i don't i didn't think about that but um oh, i didn't just, put you on the spot well no that's okay i my my number one point was my first one and that is it's about people and it's it's about more than notes it's about more than uh you know marching band charts it's about people and if you um if you foster those relationships and they trust you, um, you know, a, a good band director, good choir director, orchestra director, uh, those students will follow you anywhere if they trust you and they know that you have their best uh, interests at heart. Yeah, great, great advice. I love that very much. John, thank you for taking time to share this with me. It's been fun talking to you. Well, I've enjoyed it and thank you so much. Remember, you can find many other similar conversations about three things I wish I had known at the Marching Roundtable and Marching Arts Education. Just put the words three things into the search bar. Thanks to Fred J. Miller Incorporated, found at fjminc.com slash roundtable for making this podcast conversation possible. This is your host, Tim Hinton, the Beast of the Marching Arts. Find out more about me and the services I offer at beastofthemarchingarts.com. And I hope you'll check out my new paranormally-themed bed and breakfast, The Phantom History House. See videos and pictures and book your room at phantomhistoryhouse.com. If you're a business that works with band directors, marching bands, color guards, or drum lines, you should sponsor podcasts at the Marching Roundtable. Our listeners are the exact audience you're trying to reach. And with thousands of podcast downloads each month, it's a great way to directly reach your target audience. For more information, click on the Sponsorship Opportunities link at marchingroundtable.com or email Tim at tim at marchingroundtable.com. You can grow your business and help support what we're doing here on the podcast.